listeners, and welcome to Monsters Advocate. Monsters Advocate is a weekly podcast focused around the unsung heroes of myths and legends, the monsters. We'll take a look at some monster-centric myths and legends, some not-so-ancient cryptids, and everything in between, and try to sort out possible origin species, biological impetus for why they do what they do, and why we love to hear about them. Humans have opinions. It's what we do. And whether they're justified or not, a lot of how humans see the world, especially the natural world, is through these opinions. And sometimes, these opinions transform into anthropomorphization. And on the positive end, these give certain species traits they didn't necessarily earn. Lions are kingly. Owls are wise. Bears are brave. Sometimes, though, they also give species negative traits they didn't necessarily earn. Cats are mean. Sharks are killers. And weasels? Well, weasels are basically just the criminals of the animal kingdom. If you get caught doing something wrong, and you try to avoid the consequences, you might be accused of trying to weasel your way out of a situation. If you are seen as an untrustworthy or sneaky individual, you may just be outright called a weasel. Weasels are seen as sneaky, cowardly, even downright devious. But do all these traits a weasel really make? Of course not! This week, let's look at the humble weasel in a new light. As blushing brides-to-be, gold diggers in the literal sense, and wind gods. So to start, weasels are, cladistically speaking, actually a little hard to pin down. They are members of the genus Mustella of the family Mustellidae a family that is one of the largest and most diverse carnivore families in the animal kingdom, and includes such stars of the animal kingdom as badgers, otters, ferrets, and wolverines. The term weasel used to apply to just one species of the genus Mustella, the European least weasel. Slowly, the word weasel was later used to include some other small species of the genus in Europe. However, technically, and in North America, The word can be used to refer to any member of the genus Mustella, or to the genus as a whole, which includes 17 extant species. Now, to be fair, 10 of these species do have weasel in their common name. But notably, species that can technically correctly be referred to as weasels include stoats, European minks, polecats, and domesticated ferrets. That's right, your pet ferret, which is really a domesticated form of the European polecat, is now a weasel. How's that for a conversation starter? Now, before we get into why people don't trust weasels, I have to share one more biology thing that I think you're really going to enjoy and is a really, really undersold thing weasels do that we still don't fully understand. When members of the Mustela genus get excited, they dance. And I'm not just talking about a little one-two shuffle, but a full, exuberant dance, full of twists and leaps and turns, that honestly, is a little alarming to witness if you don't know what's going on. It's called the Weasel War Dance, and this wild leaping is thought to potentially be a method to confuse or disorient prey in the wild. Stoats will often employ the Weasel War Dance when attacking one of their favorite prey animals, rabbits. In domestic ferrets, though, Ferrets may use the weasel war dance as a way to express excitement after play, or as a way to engage with their favorite toys. 
The domestic weasel war dance typically consists of a series of hops, sideways and backwards, twisting, back arching, and a frizzed out tail. The movement is accompanied by a clucking vocalization, which is referred to by ferret owners as duking. Now, to understand why weasels are not known for their incredible dance skills, we have to look a little bit at the complicated cultural significance of weasels throughout the world. For example, in North America, opinions on weasels very much vary on a tribe-by-tribe basis. In the Eastern Algonquin tribes, weasels were often associated with evil sorcerers, whereas in Plains tribes, weasels, particularly weasels in their winter phase coat, which is white like the snow, were associated with good medicine, and their pelts were worn by medicine men and chiefs. Because of this change in coat color from summer to winter, to the Blackfoot the weasel symbolized the cycle of life and death, and was considered a sacred animal. The Alaskan Athabascan tribes associated weasels with wealth, and weasel tails were sometimes carried as a good luck charm to attract and keep wealth. But in Greek culture, seeing a weasel near your house right before a wedding was a very bad sign especially if your house contained a bride-to-be. This is due to one of Aesop's fables, in which a weasel fell in love with a human man. Aphrodite took pity on the weasel and transformed her into a beautiful human woman, and the man fell instantly in love with her. The two were married, but at the wedding feast, all the delicious food attracted a mouse, who scurried past the table of the newly married couple. Now, I'm sure the weasel loved her human partner, but ultimately, she was all weasel at heart and the temptation of a delicious mouse was just too much. The weasel woman ran after the mouse, and just like that, the wedding was off. Nature beats love. Now, heavy-handed moral aside, what concerns me about this cultural perception is that weasels mainly eat rodents, and so probably spend a lot of time around houses and grain storage places, where a woman probably encountered them. And what are you supposed to do about that? As an ancient Greek woman just trying to get married? How do you convince a weasel not to ruin your big day? In a specific region of northern Spain, next to the Basque area, a people called the Cantabri thought weasels were a good thing. But only once every hundred years. You see, once every hundred years, in the mountains and forests of northern Spain, a weasel or a marten would give birth to a creature called the Ramidrehu. The Ramidrehu looks similar to a weasel in body type, only its body is extra long like a snake. Oh, and its fur is slightly green, it has yellow eyes, and its nose is shaped like a pig's nose. This last bit of creature design serves an important evolutionary function, as the pig nose helps the Ramidrehu dig very deep holes in search of one of its favorite things, gold. In addition to this hobby of prospecting, the Ramidrehu is also extra desirable because its fur is rumored to heal any sickness. So yeah, if you can catch one, a pretty useful weasel to have around. In Japan, like most carnivores in Japanese mythology during the Edo period, the weasel was up to no good. Sometimes. Most of the time. A group of weasels, which is called a nate, could start large wildfires. And even hearing the cry of a weasel was seen as a sign, things are about to get really bad for you. Now, on top of being able to start fires and bringing decline to people's households, as with most animals and everyday items in the Edo period, a weasel would only get stronger with age. And at 100 years old, a weasel became a yokai and would turn into one of two animals, 
either a Japanese Martin or a Badger. Sort of like a really weird evolution pathway. Now, if you don't have clay sticks during the Edo period, I can actually see how you might think a Japanese Martin is just a really old Japanese weasel. The two animals actually look very similar, but a Japanese weasel is reddish brown and a Japanese Martin is yellowish white. So, being an observer in the Edo period, who has seen how people age, you could totally make the argument that they're the same animals, a Martin is just a weasel that's gone white with age. Not too sure on the badger though, honestly. Maybe it's because Japanese badgers are reddish brown too? But bigger and thicker? If anyone's got an answer for this, hit me up, because I feel like there has to be more to it than that. But that's all I could find. Now, while a weasel may get up to trouble on its own as a yokai, as in the case of the Inugami, the trouble was often multiplied if there was a person controlling its actions. In the Tohoku region, or the now Nagano prefecture, there were families that were thought to be able to control weasel yokai, which were called kudakitsune, which means pipe fox, or izuna. Interestingly, izuna actually means least weasel, but pipe fox is also a pretty apt description for a weasel, and way more fun to say. These weasel-controlling families were called izuna tsukai, which just means izuna users, and ostensibly, these families had gained the knowledge of how to control these pipe foxes for beneficial religious purposes, such as for telling prophecies. Like any other tool, though, the Izuna could also be used for evil, and controlling families could also command the Kudakitsune to do things like possess, steal from, or bring illness to people that cross them. Also like with the Inugami, this use of the Izuna for evil came at a dangerous trade-off. Because while you could use the pipe fox to steal from neighboring families to make your family wealthier, the more you use the kudagitsune, the more it grows and multiplies itself. And it was thought that if the kudagitsune multiplied until you had 75 kudagitsune, all these weasel yokai would eat up all the family wealth as food, and thus make the family decline. Staying close, the last creature is called the kamaitachi in Japan, or the kiongki in China and they usually come in a three-pack. Depicted as weasels with sickle-like claws, the kamaitachi ride on dust devils, and their favorite activity is leaving cuts on unfortunate passerby without said passerby noticing. Now, kamaitachi can refer to both a whirlwind that causes injury and the weasel wind gods themselves. But the gist of it is that a whirlwind springs up, the unfortunate passerby is knocked off their feet, and when they get back up, they have cuts sometimes deep or long cuts they didn't have before. But the cuts go unnoticed at first because they don't bleed or hurt until much later. This senseless assault was thought to be a three-weasel job, and these weasels, referred to as either brothers or two parents and a child, each had a specific job to do in the crime. The first wind god would knock the person over, the second god would cut the person, and the third god would apply medicine to numb the pain and stop the bleeding just long enough so the cut would go unnoticed until later. Now, I've been referring to them as gods, but actually the Aichi prefecture people had a simpler theory on what these weasels were and why the cuts had no blood. They believed these weasels were actually just pipe foxes that had escaped servitude when an Izuna user forgot to tell their disciple how to reseal the kudugitsune 
and they ride on whirlwinds and cut people to suck the living blood out of them, which is why the cuts don't bleed. Now, whether they are actual wind gods or escaped pipe foxes, these weasels have a bit of a racket going. You see, these cuts are probably actually caused by the cracking of extremely dry skin created by conditions that one might expect to find a whirlwind in. Much like how someone with chapped lips might accidentally split their lip open from moving their mouth the wrong way, these cuts were likely the result of chapped limbs moving the wrong way and being subject to skin tearing. So next time you think there might be weasels on the wind headed your way, be sure to bring some chapstick. Now, I'll agree, those last monsters are tough to spin in a positive light. But let's not let a few bad eggs spoil the bunch. Let's consider the weasel's contribution to humanity as a whole. The primary food source for weasels is rodents. The family they belong to, Mustelidae, actually first appears coinciding with the rise of rodents. They eat mice, rats, rabbits, basically any small furry creature that threatens human food supplies and health. And they can conveniently be found controlling rodent populations everywhere in the world except Antarctica, Australia, and the neighboring islands. This propensity for fiercely hunting rodents was admired among hunters, and one of the causes of the domestication of the domestic ferret is thought to be the hunting of rabbits for sport. They've also been associated with nobility throughout history, largely due to their coats, specifically the ability of their coats to change color depending on the season. Many species of weasel have beautiful and valuable fur, especially in their winter phase, and the insatiable demand for weasel fur has actually been an economic driving force at some points in human history, such as Russia's expansion into Siberia and France and England's expansion into the North American territories. So, yes, some weasels may be evil sorcerers, and yes, some do enjoy inflicting paper cuts on unsuspecting passerby. But weasels also keep rodent populations in check, drive human history, provide humans with yet another carnivorous pet, and dance like there's no tomorrow. So, next time someone calls you a weasel, thank them. You are an excellent dancer. That's going to do it this week for the genus Mustela. If, like a weasel, you want to go down the rabbit hole just to check it out, I hope you'll take a look at the show notes. Musical score and intro and outro are done by Master of Beats, Scott Ethington. If you like the music, go! Go now! Find more of his work at Bazooka Raccoon on SoundCloud. Quick announcement, the next episode will be out after a two-week break instead of a one-week break. I know, that's a total bummer. But our music producer is going on a much-deserved vacation, and I promise I'll spend the time cooking up something fun for when we get back. Hang tight, monster fans. I've got a story that didn't quite make it into this episode, and I think you're really going to like it. See you soon. Finally, if you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, or consider donating to our Patreon. Every little bit helps, and more support means I'm more motivated to do the best job I can to bring you more monsters. Thank you for listening. And remember, anyone can be a monster.